0: It's been a year and now we're older. We've learned a lot from our lovely listeners. Thanks for tuning in today. Even if you don't say, let's have a hard conversation on Gender Z. Welcome to Gender Z. I'm Bren Bartol.
1: And I'm Michelle Leong.
0: And today we have a very special guest. Will you please introduce yourself and tell us your pronouns?
2: Hi, I'm Ash. I use they, them, Um, and I'm very excited to be here. I I wore some merch to celebrate. Um, I know Michelle doesn't know what we're doing yet. I'm excited though. It's very exciting.
0: So Ash is a big fan of the Disney movies Descendants. And in watching them, has noticed all the moments where Disney decided to go against the gays and make it straight. So Ash is going to take us through the movies in in their in their notes, in their renditions, in their
1: uh, review of Disney's <laughs> Disney's failure to be gay. Okay, you guys can't see this, but like Ash has like notes. Like, I do. Notes.
2: <laughs> it's a whole half sheet. Um, I was going to get specific timestamps, but I ran out of time. Um, <laughs> I have these <laughs> memorized, so I basically know where they all are anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you want to go, like, movie through movie?
2: Um, well, I think we need to start at the beginning. Um, so for those who don't know what Descendants is... Um, the first question on my note sheet is, are gay people allowed in Ordon? Um Ordon is the, like, fantasy city that they live in, the heroes live in. Um, and it's pretty idyllic and modern. Like, they have smartphones and tablets. And, you know, Carlos Horst beats by Dre at one point. Um, and it's pretty modern, but it looks it looks like a, you know, Beauty and the Beast town. Um and it's not clear if they have homophobia or not because there's no, like, other real-world issues besides sexism because um, Mulan's daughter isn't allowed to join fencing because she's a woman. Um, and I don't know how closely intertwined sexism and homophobia are. So it's really not clear if gay people are even allowed. Um, I think Disney just didn't want to answer that question. Um <laughs> They were afraid. (laughs) Um.
0: Are there any any characters that, like, strike you as they would be homophobic?
2: Oh, as homophobic. Um. I feel like Lumiere is because he used to date Cogsworth. And Cogsworth (laughs) isn't in any of the movies. And I find that just, like, a little bit suspicious. Um. Like, they had a falling out, and now he's homophobic. Um. But the thing is, is I think literally every single character in these movies is gay. (laughs) Um, Usually when I watch stuff, like, I pick up on more, um, like, queer subtext than my straight viewing pals. Um, But with these movies, even, like, the straight people were picking up on the gayness. Um, I mean, just look at, if you look at their costumes, they look like they're coming from a GSA meeting. Um, it's very, it's very, very intense. I have three main gay couples that I fully believe in, and one of them is a throuple. Um, the first one is Mal and Evie. Um, I think this one's really obvious. <laughs> um, if you watch the second movie, they have a song called Space Between that is like, I mean, just watch the video. They're like really <laughs> hugging and putting their foreheads together and they're singing about how they love each other. But then they go off and hang out with their boyfriends after, um, which brings me to my next point. Are we being queer baited? (laughs) Um, I don't know how you guys feel about queer baiting, but personally, I'm not a huge fan of it. I know you have an episode on it, um, which I listened to a little bit of, but I don't know how much this counts as queer baiting. Um, but they were really into it. Um, just watch the music video, it's really good. It's a great song. Um, it's also a gay song. My other couple is, um, The Beast and Hades. Now, this one is not very popular among the fandom. <laughs> no one else sees this one but me. Um, <laughs> but there's this scene in the third movie where I, Hades is, like, coming to heal someone. Uh, the third movie is really bad, um... But, like, he sees the beast, and they, like, look into their each other's eyes and growl at each other. <laughs> as, like, a masculinity contest, I guess. Um, and personally, that reads to me as, like, enemies to lovers. Um, because there's definitely history there. Um, and my last one, my thruffle, is Jay, Gil, and Harry. Um... Um, this one is extremely obvious. Uh, everyone picked up on this one. At some point, Harry calls Jay, um, gorgeous face, but it's, like, five minutes after he hit on a girl, so, like, you know, Disney has plausible deniability, um, and then Jay and Gil are, like, gonna go exploring together after the third movie, whatever that means. They're, like, I want to see a penguin, um... <laughs> and technically the three of them never like interact as a throuple in the movies like i mean none of these people interact in their assigned couples but um they're never really all together but i personally believe
0: didn't didn't in like the second one in one of the pirate songs maybe it was was my name like harry kissed Gil, but then they cut it
2: i think i oh i should have looked that up um i think i remember that um or something happened in the back that they cut because despite the director being gay i think um disney just kind of hates our our kind (laughs) um
0: i think they i do remember like seeing that
2: they kissed in the book
0: oh my gosh and it was is kind of legit
2: oh my god wait I haven't even finished the books. I'm kind of a fake fan. I, <laughs> I haven't even finished the books. Um, yeah, despite the director being gay, they kind of hate us. And Deb Cameron said that she was playing all her Disney characters are played like a little bit gay. I think the big one was her Live and Maddie characters. She said that they were both, you know, on the fruit spectrum. <laughs> i don't know if i can say that on here i'm sorry
0: that that's hilarious okay
2: i I needed like a a censorship rule of what i can say um yeah but those are my my three main um gay people ships
1: i haven't watched the movies in a while but i can see what you're saying like i remember the characters and stuff and i'm like yeah for
2: sure
0: that makes me wonder too if on the isle of the lost gay people are allowed And that's why they aren't allowed in the other spot.
2: That's a good point, because the extras on the Isle of the Lost have way better outfits, too. Um, (laughs) Which, you know, raises the question. Um, I think everyone in these movies is gay, though, except... (laughs) Well, I guess is just closeted. Um, I have a a third point that is um, less serious than the other one. So, as you can tell, it's probably not very good. Um, The dog is transgender. Let me explain. (laughs) Um, In the first movie, Carlos gets a dog named Dude. I don't know if you remember what he looks like, um, but he's, like, a cute little dog. Um, Anyway, I found out in the movies the dog is a boy, but he's actually played by a female dog, which raises some questions. Um... (laughs) Dude says, dude eats a truth gummy in the second movie and starts to talk. Which, you know, we can debate the realism of that. But, he then becomes my favorite character in the movie. Um, And when he's talking, he's like, I flunked obedience class. Which, you know, sounds like just like a funny dog joke. But I think it could be, like, a metaphor for being trans. Like, he flunked being a girl and now he's You know, living it up as dude. And then his best line is balls." He says that um, in the middle of a fight scene. And on first viewing, it seems like just kind of some Disney Channel humor. But in my opinion, I think he was manifesting what he wants. He was speaking it into existence because he is a transgender dog. And that is good representation.
0: I love that. I I yep that's it that's head that's canon now
2: that's my number one descendants <gasps> gay people headcanon <laughs> i would sacrifice mal and Evie for the transgender dog wow yeah.
0: that's saying something yeah well they're not as funny i mean so True. yes but like ash ash had uh like a descendants themed party and ash was <laughs> Evie.
2: I did. I'm wearing a Malin Evie shirt right now, actually.
0: You're manifesting.
2: Uh, yes, I am. I'm just like the dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a Descendants disco. Bren didn't really dress up, though.
0: I Yeah, I didn't do very well. Sam, though, our friend Sam, Cam, was very, yes. yeah. She was very our, good. our friend Stella blew uh, us out so- of the park. She looked amazing.
2: Yeah, she kind of won.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, they. She came with uh, her boyfriend as Carlos and Jane, which are the one straight couple in the movies I support, solely because in the third movie, uh, Carlos 3D prints a necklace, which we could talk about why there's a 3D printer in Fantasyland. Um, <laughs> he 3D prints her a necklace that has their names together. So it's like this really pretty gold necklace that says Jarlos, and I find it moving. <laughs> and so I support them. I don't support any of the other ones though.
0: I love that that the uh, producer and director was like, yeah, we'll take the ship name and just slide it into the movie. <laughs> it's,
2: it's, very, it's very self-aware. Um, these movies are kind of camp masterpieces. Like they're very s- self-aware of their place in the world. Um, I have um, another point of gay people on Disney Channel. Um, I know there's not a lot of them.
0: No, there are not. <laughs>
2: um, the first one was in 2019 on um, Andy, Andy Mac. Andy Mack, yeah. Yeah, I never watched it, but I remember it was like a kind of a big thing for people because he said the words I'm gay or something yeah Um, but I think I mean I haven't heard of any other gay people on Disney Channel that weren't just like extras
0: yeah supposedly there is a non-binary character on one of the shows now but I don't know which show really yeah I'm really curious to see if they're actually doing that well (laughs)
2: I feel like that's really a low chance. <laughs> um, it says there's a um, non-binary character in the Owl House, which I have not heard of.
0: Well, the Owl House makes sense, but I heard there was a, a live-action character. But like the Owl House, also it has a non-binary character. It has a bi character. I think it has a gay character as well. It's I like it's can. like. Everything that Alex Hirsch wanted to put in Gravity Falls but got denied.
2: (laughs) Uh, I read he posted like emails between him and Disney where they're asking if they can put gay people in the show and Disney's like please consider our audience.
0: I know Um, it's so funny. Okay there's a. uh, In the episode with Love God which is like all the love things he wasn't allowed to put gay people in it so he purposely made mabel's sweater rainbow
2: i love that um it says the first live action non-binary character is in zombies 3 which i also haven't heard of
0: no i've seen commercials for that it looks so bad it's like cheerleaders versus zombies and there's (laughs) aliens in it. It's, this it's alien <laughs> It sounds like a mess. But it's the third one, which means there were two of them before.
2: I've been told that I would like the zombies movies, but I don't. I think Descendants is kind of original. Like I don't know if anyone will be able to mimic her success. Um, we didn't get a gay character until 2019, which, you know, is pretty messed up. But I don't know if you've noticed I think there's some, some online discourse about it, but a lot, of which, you know, online discourse, not exactly anyone's favorite hobby, <laughs> um, but a lot of the, like, Disney villains are, like, notoriously queer-coded. True. Um, especially Hades. Hades is, like, Hades and Ursula, because Ursula is, like, based on a drag queen. Um, both of which appear in the Descendants movies. Um so if you want to count those as openly gay characters you can, but I personally don't. <laughs> um because they are, you know, villains. <laughs> um and all you ever see is Ursula's tentacle and it's CGI, it looks terrible. Um but yeah. Um so I mean, does this do you guys based on what I've told you here, do you feel like you've been queer baited by any of these characters?
0: Oh yeah. It's really the queer coding that you that makes me think of it, because like Captain Hook is queer queer coded, um, like pretty much anything. <laughs> Most of animation before like twenty ten,
1: even then, is queer coded villains. Yeah. Also, I keep thinking about what you said about how there was like the kiss in the book, and then like in the movie, that whole part was just not there. So.
0: Yeah, and I have a feeling it's probably different in the book because in the the movie, the clip that I've seen, the deleted clip, is, like, in the middle of a song and kind of, like, in a moment of adrenaline to kind of mess with each other almost, which is also annoying.
2: Yeah. Well, the books, like, don't – I can't – I don't know. I need to read the rest of the books. Um, But, like, they don't follow the movies exactly. Um but they came out at like the same time. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but I have I have been told I didn't know they kissed in the book, but I did know the books were like a little bit um, gayer because you know think about who reads these days. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what I meant by that. Um, but I've been told that they are a little more. They're allowed a little bit more leeway. Yeah. Um, I haven't read them, so I don't know.
0: Do you think Maleficent is queer-coded?
2: I don't know. In the movie, she's played by Kristen Chenoweth, um, who steals the show.
0: Absolutely.
2: Best song in the first movie, Evil Like Me, um, which is in my top 10 of the year on Spotify. Um, um, I don't really know if she's queer-coded. It's been a while since I've seen the original like uh Malefic- like the maleficent movie from 2012 mm-hmm. and i haven't seen god she's from sleeping beauty right
0: she is from sleeping
2: Beauty. <laughs> i haven't seen that in a really long time i don't know how much of it is queer coding and how much of it is just like insanity <laughs> um which is kind of a weird thing to not be able to tell the difference between um <laughs> And a lot of it is also just Kirsten with overacting everything. Um, but then she gets turned into a lizard at the end of the first movie, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know. The lizard is my favorite character.
0: <laughs> so, so that – but it always led me – what was so interesting to me is obviously all these villains are just dumped on Isle of the Lost. But, like, under what circumstances – Hades and Maleficent get together?
2: That is such a good question. Um, especially because Hades is gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the third movie he's played by I don't know who plays him but you know Dan Levy? Levy. Yeah. He looks kind of like Dan Levy. Um, yeah he kind of does. Solely because he, he paints his eyebrows on really thick. Yeah. Um, and so that is what makes me think Descendants Hades is also gay. Because <laughs> um, he looks like Dan Levy. <laughs> and I don't know how that happened either. Um, it's not really clear. I don't think they knew that Hades was going to be her dad until they were writing the third movie. So they didn't really think about it.
0: Yeah, they didn't really have to fill in the gaps.
2: No. Um, that's kind of how all these movies are. <laughs> um <but> like <laughs> magical barrier around the island works completely differently in all three of them. Um, Thankfully, the dog is the best character in all three of them, too. That's right. He's in the
0: third one. Can he talk in the third one?
2: He can. Um, I don't think they knew what to do with him, though, because he doesn't really do anything. He just kind of, like, says dog stuff and all their budget went to animating his mouth, and it still looks really bad. (laughs) Um, he doesn't have a lot to do in the third movie but the third movie is a mess so it doesn't really matter Um, those are all my points I kind of left some more space on are we being queerbaited because I thought maybe we should talk about something you know serious (laughs) (laughs) Um, this podcast is meant to make change and be about hard conversations Um, so you know queerbaiting and representation I feel like are a pretty big one um, yeah and I gotta say, I can't count this franchise as a win for representation. <laughs> really.
0: Yeah, not terribly. But yeah, and I think I think too something that you see in these movies, especially with the villains, is they're dressed very is they're dressed very extravagantly, um, which I think could be derived, possibly drag culture. Um, you know, cause it's so like, it's over the top and it's bright colors and it's, it's has all these details and embellishments. Um, so yeah, it's just, I, I know it's to make them look like super interesting and cool and they do look super interesting and cool. And at the same time, it's like, you have to wonder where that, it, you know, inspiration came from because I, I see, I see some, I see some queerness there.
2: Definitely. they all their sleeves like come off. They all have like a sleeve and then a really high glove. Um, and you can like rip part of the sleeve off, and then your arm is out, which I swear I have seen at Pride. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it is so. And like, all their jackets have like spikes on them, mm-hmm. and they all have like an insignia on the back that they mm-hmm. all have like, a unique one, um, which is basically other culture in my opinion (laughs) um yeah the the villains are definitely dressed like like a gsa meeting um or or a drag club which yeah you know um which is why i think we should have a rupaul's drag race theme of descendants and everyone has to wear a descendants outfit because it would be extremely easy
0: i would love that
2: by the way Um, oh you
0: absolutely would Yes. Yeah, because that's that's the thing too. Is it's like, and then like when you get to to the fancy fantasy land, which name I forget. Oridon. Um, Oridon, thank you. <laughs>
2: um,
0: they're all dressed in like preppy school clothes.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's like, wow. We know you're supposed to be boring, and the villains are supposed to be interesting,
2: but wow. <laughs> Something I find weird is the villains have dyed hair and in the third movie, um one of the heroes, Audrey, is kinda entering her evil era, Queen of Mean, and her hair starts to become dyed and then by the end of the movie it's like pink. Um and not like, you know, gay middle schoolers own hair dye. Everyone can dye their hair, but I think it is, you know, kind of a big part. Like I dyed my hair in middle school um all the time um so i think the dyed hair of the villains kind of really solidifies the queer coated fashion um even their like eyelashes match their hair color which i think is just funny um (laughs) and again not like not like straight people can't dye their hair i don't think they should but they can (laughs) um but i think that is part of what makes it like I saw some stupid meme that was like they are going to a GSA meeting and it was the when they're all standing in a line in the at the end of the third movie, um, yeah. So I can't count this as a win for representation because none of the characters say the G word or the L word, um, which is unfortunate because I feel like. Um, they had a lot here to work with and they kind of, they kind of gave it up cause they were, Disney was afraid to let gay people in.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, going back to the costumes and like the, all the leather and the spikes um, is kind of derived from other culture and, and like leather culture and BDSM actually has historically done a lot for the queer community in um, like pushing back against sodomy laws and, and, you know, private interactions and all that. So they are, even though some people are like, no, I'm like, yes, walk It pride. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it really is. It's just, they don't, if you showed me a picture of them and I had no context, I would think they were like all gay. I would like go down the line and I'm like, you're L, you're G, you're B, you're T.
1: You are.
2: <laughs> well, I like what you said about the leather like community because they in the second movie. I don't, it's mostly the second movie, but all of them, there's like this one Mal outfit where she has like literally eight belts on eight leather belts, like all on her waist. And then there's one like going across her shoulder. Um, Which, I'm glad you said that, because I never, I thought that was weird. I still think it's weird, but now I realize that it kind of, um, subconsciously adds to the queer codingness of it. Um, no straight person would wear eight belts in public to get their hair cut. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's also interesting, because, like, I was saying about this, when I, when you and I were talking about this earlier, like... Yes, they're all super preppy in Oridon, but like why, where, so the Isle of the Lost does not look well taken care of. They clearly don't have a lot of resources. Um, but then like they have all these super fancy clothes. Like, <laughs> and like real leather. It's like how do you do that?
2: <laughs> the world building of these movies makes no sense. I have a note in my phone of just like questions. Because... Um, Mulan has a daughter at their school um, which implies that like China exists (laughs) in the movie and Mulan takes place like 400 BC or something (laughs) so it really throws into question everything Um, there was something else that was very confusing Um, Beauty and the Beast takes place in France um but now it's called Auradon. Um and it doesn't really make any sense, which can add to the question of, like, are you allowed to be gay in Oridon? Because I can't figure out if there's, like, a global community or not, because it's not clear if anything else exists besides China and Oridon.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, like, like, all the kids at school are, like, the children of, like, characters from fairy tales are there other people do other people in the world exist
2: we don't know Um, (laughs) one of my favorite games to play with these movies is finding an extra and trying to guess who their like parent is Uh, (laughs) it's so fun i do it every time um i'm trying to think of what there's a guy in the back of one of the songs who i think definitely is like somehow related to the parrot from aladdin um iago cuz the way they dress him I I I can find a picture if you want. He has like feathers in his hair and he's a pirate and he's I that's my headcanon. Um <laughs> um yeah. But it's not really clear if they let if the rest of the world exists and if gay people exist in the rest of the world. Um, cuz they had to get the iPhones from somewhere. True. The fact that they have iPhones really breaks my brain. Um, they had to get the, the Beats by Dre somewhere. Um, yeah, it's, it's very confusing. I don't think they put a lot of thought into the world building.
1: Yeah, it's not very consistent.
2: No, it's not.
1: <laughs> I think the... One central theme I do remember from like the first movie was something about like it's okay to be different from your parents or something like that. So I that's what confused me throughout this entire conversation because I'm like, okay, it's like they're similar but different, like completely different. So,
0: oh my God, you have a gay kid can't live in fairy tale land.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I. I feel like that is like a very, like a gay people message. Like that is also the message of Love, Simon. Like it works. True. Um, These were definitely, I think, I don't know. The guy who made them is gay. I don't know if he wrote them, but he definitely directed and did the choreography. Kenny Ortega. Um, He also did High School Musical, which we can talk about gay people in High School Musical. I don't dance, like let's come on. (laughs) Um, Great song. um, I want to know how much of it is, is intentional, but I don't know if they'll ever let him say that. Like, we might have to wait like someone finds his diary after he passes in, like, 30 years. Um, but I, I do wonder, because if it is intentional and they weren't letting him be more explicit, then I would be, like, less... I'm Not, not like I'm, like, actively upset about this right now, but I would be, like, less... I'd be more forgiving if he was trying and they wouldn't let him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Disney and yeah.
2: For everything.
0: And even like outside of this thread of conversation. I've wa- I watched the first two, I've seen snippets of the third one. They're entertaining, but they don't make a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, people ask me why I think these movies are good. And I don't think they realize that I don't think that. (laughs) Um, I don't think the movies are very good. I don't don't think they're very well made. Some of the effects are really bad. Um, You know, they're not great. I mean, there's the fairy godmother who every line she says has bippity-poppity in it. Like, it's not... They're not the most show-stopping oscar-winning awards ever or movies ever but they are extremely entertaining and i think part of that is comes from like picking up on queer subtext a little because i'll watch it with people and i'll be like they wanted to kiss here but they wouldn't let them because they're like mal and evie are holding each other their foreheads against each other and if you know one little movement and they would literally be kissing And that's what they wanted to do, but they wouldn't let him. Um, So for me, the fun of Descendants comes from making overly specific note sheets about (laughs) um, every single thing in the movies.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's it's, it's a fun time. If you like, I can totally see like as adults, like either getting high or drunk and watching those movies that would be such a funny experience
2: yes they're completely in un or they're completely nonsensical completely sober um <laughs> the third one if you're looking for just like a miserable time watch the third one there's this scene where they're fighting these knights and Dove cameron gets on the stage and she's like with her spell she's like Suit of armor, strong and true, make this metal, bust and move. And then she, like, puts her sword up and she's, like, swing her hips. And all the knights start doing it too. And then it turns into this, like, dance party to a song. It sounds like it's from, like, a Fallout Boy Reject. And it's one of my favorite parts of the movie because it's so funny. Um, <laughs> but I think that would break an intoxicated brain. Like, actually.
0: Absolutely.
2: People would die.
0: <laughs> a
2: lot of good Evie moments since she is the best character. Besides the dog.
0: <laughs> what makes Evie your favorite character?
2: Um, I don't know. I I think I don't really have like a deep answer. Um I just like her. Um she in the third movie, she's very she's very um relatable. Um because, I mean, I'm not a big fan of what they did to her. They kind of made her stupid in the third movie. Or not stupid, but, like, naive. Um, which she wasn't naive in the first two. But I find that very relatable. <laughs> um, and in all the, you know, being a, I can't believe I'm about to admit this on a podcast. Um, being, you know, a theater kid. <laughs> you know, friends will cast each other in things. It's kind of what we do. Um, and I usually get Evie... And I'm not really sure why, but I fully accept it. I went out and bought this necklace at Spirit Halloween um, for $7, and I love it. And I'm taking it to college with me, and I'm really hoping my roommates don't think I'm really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I also hope we have a TV so we can watch Descendants um, on, like, the big screen.
0: <laughs> that, Yeah. I hope. I hope even if they don't like it at the time, you can sway sway your roommates.
2: They can learn. I, I have indoctrinated a lot of people in the past couple weeks. You have. I've seen each movie like three times more. I've seen Descendants three five times this month. Um, yeah, I've indoctrinated like my sister. I mean, she only watches them because I like them, but she does. She she. Um, engages with the text you know um, <laughs> um but yeah I, it's very fun i like getting people that would never enjoy them to watch them with me and then it's like a trap yeah, i have one of my <laughs> playing uh chill like a villain for her parents at dinner um which by the way is the best song in the entire franchise did that for cabaret
0: you did do that for the cabaret that was fun i liked that
2: Every single Descendants like, group member would have been so fun to do on stage. Oh, yeah. The ones with the swords. Oh. You guys should do a Descendants cabaret next year.
0: <laughs> Only do songs from Descendants?
2: No, it would be really good because they're all really good. Um, some of them sound like Hamilton rejects, but that's okay.
0: That's it's fantastic.
2: popular for a reason. Love it. Because of the confusion of whether or not the rest of the world exists, I don't know if Marsha B. Johnson and the queer rights movement of Stonewall exists, which, you know, we don't know. We can't answer that. That was my last point.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we can't. Honestly, that's a good point to end on. We don't know if they exist in this world. And that, my friends, is homophobic. True.
1: <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much. Um, this has been a really fun, like, half hour for me.
1: Uh, so yeah thank you for joining us actually one last question oh, what yes. is your favorite song like if you had to choose one
2: um my favorite is chillin like a villain partly because I know the dance <laughs> if you ask me like the objective best one I would say evil like me because it's the only one that actually sounds like a musical song the rest kind of sound like zed music or like <laughs> urban outfitters playlist. <laughs> um which is, you know, not a bad thing. I do love Chillin' Like a Villain, even though it sounds like a chain smoker's reject. <laughs> it's really catchy, though.
0: It is. It really is. Yeah. Well, on that note, be safe.
1: Be kind. Take care of yourself. Surround yourself with your friends and family
0: people you love.
1: And remember, the the tiny space potato believes in you.
0: Find us on Instagram at gen.der.z. Please reach out if you have any inquiries. Today's episode was brought to you by Bren Bartal and Michelle Leong. Thank you for listening to Gender Z, and we hope you tune in next time.